0: Sabbatical Selina Yancey gazed through her office window. Across the snowy parking lot, two white poplars on the edge of the woods behind the meeting house had caught her eye. The smaller tree, bent during a recent ice storm, leaned against the larger tree at a point some eight feet above the ground, forming a rough arch. Selena pulled on her parka the echoing emptiness indoors couldn't compete with such a clear invitation. The poplar archway led into a dimmer twilight. The silence was like the quiet of open worship, a soaring quiet with an understory of low murmuring sounds, breath, shuffling, the creak of a pew, and occasionally the voice of a friend sharing a thought. Among the hollies, briars, and tangled brush of the woods. The quiet held the murmuring and shuffling of squirrels, soft bird calls, and wind-stirred snow dropping from branches. Holy Spirit, breathe on me. A burst of vapor hung in the air in front of her, as if she stood before an invisible glass made visible by her breath, then gone. Why must it always go? After Sunday service, Selina met with the trustees to request a leave of absence for two weeks in March. A sabbatical, she explained, a chance to recharge and prepare for the Easter season. We understand. Mrs. Logan, eldest of the three elders, patted Selina's right arm. We want you to take care of yourself. She tried to look into Selina's face, but Selina was studying her shoes. Only her round, vulnerable chin was visible beyond a curtain of pale, wavy hair. A second trustee patted her left arm and told her to take all the time she needed. Do you have something special planned? Selina pulled herself together and raised her head. I plan to fly down to Texas. The trustees would imagine she had friends or family in Texas. She didn't. Texas was home to Augustine, a mixed media artist. Selena had discovered him through a coffee table book titled Open Sky in the waiting room of her father's oncologist. Augustine created grand representations of an apparently limitless, dreamy southwestern sky. Selina had lost herself in the photographs of his works while waiting for the next round of bad news from the doctor. A major exhibit of Augustine's work was currently on display in Dallas, and smaller pieces hung in the Capitol in Austin. Seeing them in person would surely inspire and inspirit her. And gentlemen, in preparation for departure, please check to see that your seatbelt are securely fastened. Your window shades are open. Seatbacks are in the upright and locked position. Your tray tables have been put away. All your carrying items are securely stored. The seat. She had packed all the wrong clothes. The concrete and glass canyons of downtown Dallas helped the march wind and sent it knifing down Selena's neck. She shivered in the isolation of being far from home, further estranged from friends she'd neglected during her father's illness and in the months following his death. A phase of disconnection was probably normal before starting a new path. She prayed Augustine's art would help her find a trailhead. But after two days surrounded by enormous canvases, she admitted defeat. Even in person, the art offered no toehold to climb to the openness of the skies as the photographs in the book had suggested. Selena blamed herself. Not even the actual southwestern sky reflected in the mirrored towers of downtown inspired her. She doubted Austin would be any improvement, but she stuck to her itinerary and flew there as planned. Outside baggage claim, Selena climbed into the next cab in line, pulling her bag behind her. Rita, the driver, nodded confidently at the name of her hotel and pulled away from the airport with a grand swoop. Once on the highway, traffic to Central Austin came to a standstill. Sorry for the delay, Rita said. She waved a hand at the construction barriers and orange barrels. It's always like this. Must get tedious, Alina said. The scenery was certainly depressing. A one-lane tunnel through concrete and menacing machinery. Oh, the people I drive keep things interesting. Rita thought about this, then added, One time, I got a call to drive an elderly lady, Pauline, to a town in Arkansas. Said she needed to withdraw money from a few banks before her daughter took it. So I invited my husband and son along, you know, as an outing. Rory was five and hadn't been to Arkansas. Well, we crossed the state line, got to the town, I forget the name, and Pauline directed me from bank to bank. We'd wait in the car while she went in, and she'd come out stuffing an envelope in her ginormous grandma purse. Third stop, my husband said, you don't reckon she's robbing banks. How we laughed. Then Pauline gets back in the car, says she's done. We started back to Austin, and bam! Rita popped the steering wheel with her paw. Police cars, lights flashing. I pulled into a quick stop and they surrounded us. Guns drawn the whole nine yards. Good heavens. Right? One cop says my cab is suspected in a kidnapping. Pauline says, oh, foot, my daughter must have called. She rolls down the back window and says, I'm no more kidnapped than this little boy here. And Rory, sitting in his car seat, got his hands in the air to surrender. Tickles me when I think back on it. What happened then? Not much. The construction zone ended and Rita merged into the open left lane. The daughter showed up, took Pauline to her house. We drove back to Austin. Good old Pauline, she paid in cash and gave Rory $10 for riding shotgun with her. He won't forget that day in a hurry. Phew, what an adventure. Lulled to peaceful contentment by the comfortable back seat and the relief of Rita's happy ending, Selina closed her eyes and relished the surrender of being driven. There was much to be said for not having to stay alert and make decisions. She remembered nights as a child, riding half asleep in the back seat while her parents talked softly up front. As her dad rounded curves and made turns from street to street, She'd try to divine how close they were to home. Might a taxi service have a place in her ministry? She could drive congregants in silence to offer them a brief, blissful escape or listen as they told their stories. Maybe Mrs. Logan would drive when Selena needed a turn in the back seat. The cab reached the hotel, snapping Selena from her reverie. Rita deftly processed Selena's credit card payment and said, Enjoy your stay. Be sure to go down to Congress Bridge at sunset to see the bats fly. It's a spectacle. Ordinarily, Selena wouldn't seek out bats, but the next evening, she sat on a crowded dock by the water waiting for them to appear. The sky was gray as newsprint with sponge dab clouds. The bats emerged at first in such gentle arcs, she felt underwhelmed. Then a dark mass of bats flowed across the sky in a mighty swarm, appearing like jumbled letters and punctuation marks against the newsprint sky. Selena craned her neck to read the messages, but the letters scattered until the growing darkness erased them completely. Selena skipped the Capitol building and spent her days exploring Austin on foot. She relaxed in the loosely casual atmosphere where music spilled onto the sidewalks. She visited all the thrift stores and tried on the prettiest tool leather boots she'd ever seen, bone colored with teal accents. Where in the world would she wear fancy cowgirl boots? Every day at sunset, she walked to the bridge to see the bats. Selena's return flight to North Carolina landed early before the airport had fully awakened. She took a shuttle to long-term parking and braced herself for a long drive home. If only Reader were here with her cab and a story. Selena chose to avoid the interstate and take a leisurely route through rural areas. In the town of Crescent, she spotted a coffee shop and turned beside it onto a street of mixed residential and commercial properties. Selena pulled to the curb in front of a large tree shaded lot with a tumble down rail fence. She stepped onto the sidewalk carefully circumventing a section of concrete buckled by the force of oak roots. A voice, surprisingly close, said, Good morning! The lot wasn't empty. It was the backyard of a faded blue frame cottage. An elderly black man stood on the other side of the fence, holding a level against the top rail. He laughed when Selena jumped. Didn't mean to scare you! I didn't see you there. Good morning. Like his house and yard, the man was worn thin, tall, but a little stooped. He bent his knees to squint at the level, murmuring, Should have brought my glasses. Can I help? Selina asked. This spirit level is about to beat me. My eyesight's so bad. Tell me where the bubble is. She bent and examined the level. The rail needs to come down a bit on this side. Yep right there the man patted the rail drove a nail underneath to secure it i'll straighten out this ramshackle fence yet now that's some mighty fine boots you have on there selena grinned thank you sneaking a peek at her feet she still couldn't believe she owned them i got no cattle but maybe you can help me wrangle some hints the man tipped his head toward a shed tucked between the fence and an overgrown rhododendron. A low hum of clucking and chirring came from inside. Sun's well up and these hens still a bit. They both looked out at the small door through which the hens could come and go. Hatch rises at sun up, closes at dusk, but those hens won't come out. Now Why, you reckon. Do they sense a threat out here? Can't nothing get them while I'm close, so why they keep in the dark? Two steps, and there's fresh air, food, and water ready. He shook his head. Bird brains. I reckon overnight they forget how it works. Forget when the morning light comes, the doors open, and foods wait. (music) Selena felt the melting at her core, something like the peaceful... Surrender. She felt in Rita's cab. I think we all forget sometimes. She patted the rail. Have a good day. He waved. Selena walked to the diner and ordered two cups of coffee to go. The henkeeper's face lit up when she handed one over the fence to him. Well, aren't you nice? Thank you kindly. He'd acquired a pair of reading glasses perched on the end of his nose. He nearly lost them as he jerked his head sideways and said, Look at there! Two hens had ventured from the coop. Selina raised her cup in a salute. They figured it out. Mm-hmm. Took their time, but the time did come. Miles or so from home, Selena became aware of the jonquils, daffodils, and red buds that had begun blooming during her two week absence. The jonquils in her yard should be blooming too. Only a handful of turns on familiar streets remained before her sabbatical officially ended. After bumping slowly across a double row of railroad tracks, Selena stopped at the bottom of the hill and signaled a left turn. A glance in the rearview mirror gave her a shock. A vast, pale wall loomed behind her. The morning sky filled the mirror, blank as newsprint. Not blank. A puff of cloud drifted in the frame, a soft exhalation of visible breath. Selina watched as the cloud dissolved. Her turn signal continued marking the seconds with a steady pulse, but she remained perfectly still, remembering. was Vicki Winslow reading an excerpt from her short story, Sabbatical. It appears in the November 2023 issue of Friends Journal. It's also available to read online at friendsjournal.org.